This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or be on blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, hello folks, welcome to episode 67 of How You Going Mate, the podcast. Adam's my name, host, creator, producer. I think I do everything. Just about. <laughs> I, I I don't interview myself though, so that's the one thing I don't do. I don't do also do the other person's voice. Um, big week for our podcast. We had uh, uh, clocked over 16,000 total listens this week, which is quite incredible. Um, we're so thankful that we have that many listens. It's incredible to think uh, that 16,000, well, we've been listened to 16,000 times. I think it's a grand total of 48 people, but I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's not. But the the beauty of that is um, we're seeing these Facebook memories come up um, where we've, you know, obviously promoted episodes of the podcast in the, in the, you know, over the time. And one came up for December 2019 and we had 1,500 listens. So it means we've added 14,500 listens in a little over two, or a little under, exactly two years actually. Um, so, you know, that's that's mind-blowing. Um, still being listened to all over the world, still being listened to everywhere from, you know, Brazil to Germany, uh, on every single continent. We've had China listening recently. Uh, it's been amazing um, to have, you know, all these different places. Tanzania um, is been Guyana just a few weeks ago in South America, you know, North America's listening. Um, South Africa, we get people from, from over there. It's just stunning to think that so many people listen, and again, just speaks to the universality of um, of this of this issue that everybody is experiencing um, on some levels um, a mental health issue and is looking for answers, looking for ways to manage their mental health. So, um, a big thank you to everyone that listens. A big thank you to everyone that supports us. Uh, a big thank you to everyone you know that listens regularly as well, all of our regular listeners, and um, we'll we'll just keep doing what we do. We'll keep getting listeners, and, and, and our next goal is 20,000. We want 20,000 listeners before. I'd like 20,000 listeners by this time next year, or listens by this time next year, I should say. So that's the goal. But um, a big thank you to Jackie for being on last week's episode. I think you will agree that her her story is quite amazing, and, and it's great to hear those different stories that um, and different ways that people have. Uh, the journeys, different journeys people have been on and different ways that people have managed their mental health. So it's good to have those those different stories on and I'm really um, thankful and grateful that Jackie came on. And this week is another uh, former, former colleague of mine and someone I call a friend and someone who is shockingly similar to me but has terrible taste in football teams. Uh, my friend Michelle. Uh, Michelle is a mum and a registered psychologist and has a lived experience of a mental health issue as you'll hear in this episode and this is a, a, just a great episode because we, we talk about a couple of things um, that are really a key to what we do 
which is about um, how understanding your mental health is so important, how your mental health can tell you you are alone, that no one will understand. And then understand, and then realizing that other people feel the way you feel and that what you've, what you're feeling isn't completely abnormal and bizarre and doesn't make you a freak is really powerful. And it's, um, I think, something that we, you know, we really love to hear people talk about. And it's probably part of the reason we do what we do. We we want as you know we want these different stories. Uh, we we want different people to come and talk to us about what they've what they've done and how they manage their mental health, because hopefully, not everyone experiences the same thing. And hopefully, somebody can sit and listen to these episodes and say, "That's me. That's me. I, I, that's how I how I feel." And, um, and and not feel like they're the only ones that feel the way they do. And so um, we talk a lot about breaking down the stigma around mental health. We talk a lot about, um, you know, how Michelle manages her mental health. And she's got some really fantastic, uh, at, right at the end where we sort of talk about, you know, how do you manage your mental health? What do you do? And she's got this some really fantastic stuff we talk about in the back end there around um, the importance of things like exercise and sleep. So... This is a bit of a shorter one. It's really fantastic episode. Um, I'm again really grateful to Michelle for coming on and talking to me. Um, she, you know, sometimes it's really difficult for people to kind of feel like this is going to be um, something that they want to do, and um, I'm really grateful for Michelle for doing that. Um, so, without further ado, let's go and ask Michelle the question. Michelle, how you going, mate? Yeah. Fine now, but earlier. <laughs> I'm so glad. Lockdown, I... parenting, pandemic. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, there's overseas listeners that won't get the reference, but there's Australian <laughs> listeners that'll go like, oh, I remember that ad. <laughs> Fine now, but earlier. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Parenting, the pandemic, the whole kit and caboodle. It's a, yeah. it's a funny little... We've just gone back to sort of uh, normality, you know. Barb's back in the office. Natalie's back at school. I'm back full time, and it's just you know, man, it's like the last four months never happened. It's except for the battle scars, right? <laughs> well, actually, it wasn't. I'd say to people, it wasn't too bad. I, I mean, it was. It was. You know, there were bad moments, but overall, it yeah, was. Good. It was positive. I, I didn't have a. You know, it was. I got to a point where I was just like, "Let's treat this like a month off." Well, oh, nice. And it ended up being three months off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> off, you know, nearly four. But um, yeah. So, so um, we we do a little intro at the start. But why don't you tell really quickly tell us who you are a little bit about what you do? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, I'm Michelle. I'm uh, 41. I'm married uh, with two children, so uh, a 13 year old from a first relationship, and then a four year old with my husband. Yep. Um, and I say that just to show the dynamic, not because it's a big deal, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the joys of toddlers and teens and <laughs> everything that goes with it um, mm. has been interesting. But yeah, I'm I work as a I'm a psychologist, a registered psychologist. Mm. Um, and I, yes, I, I just have a love of sport is probably my, if we wanted to talk about the other parts of me is mm. I do work and I am a mum and I am a wife, but anything sports, particularly team sports, 
Um, yeah, or even like the Olympics, just to get through the um, pandemic was unbelievable. How good was that? Oh, I couldn't believe how much I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I guess in, in asking that, you also asked me what drew me to wanting to chat with you today. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, partly being a psychologist, I know so much um, with mental well-being is feeling connected and feeling safe and feeling that people get you. Mm. And a lot of that I feel is the more we're breaking down stigmas and the more we're having those conversations and the more that other people say, oh, my goodness, I'm not crazy. This is like something that happens to others. Like I mm. see so many of those beautiful breakthrough moments and I'm really privileged that I get, I, I always get excited when I can hear someone who's really down describing what they're going through and I, I realise that sounds, you know, mm. gross. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> I, no, I get you. Yeah, but I'm excited for the moment where I get to say, you're so normal and this is what's going on and yeah. this is how we can treat it and, and just that relief on their face, like they've been so nervous to say to somebody, I'm broken, I'm bad, this is what goes on in my mind. And then to be able to give them that gift of, you're not broken, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we can totally work with that is, um, uh, yeah, it's amazing, actually. It's probably what keeps me working. That and the money, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, to a certain extent, yes, but, you know, often the money in our industry is not overly fantastic. Well, this is true, this is true. Um, and then I guess on a more personal note is I've um, suffered with mental unwellbeing. Oh, well, I think that it was first obvious when um, I had my eldest, so she's 13 now, um, and I had was diagnosed about two months later with postnatal anxiety, yeah. and that was like in embarrassing and what is wrong with me i've always been a fun outgoing well connected with friends um life of the party um blah 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 mm. and so i was just like what this takes i thought that being a mum was like the johnson and johnson ad you yeah. know you just sit around looking at each other being in love and everything's great mm. um and it wasn't and then i was just like this is not okay i'm not okay luckily i have an amazing GP who was like almost like a family friend. He was my pediatrician and then my baby's pediatrician. Mm. Um, and I kind of made the decision to go to him and just say, this is what's going on. And I kind of, I was, I was genuinely terrified that there was a chance that they were going to take my baby because yeah. I was obviously so mentally unwell to me. This is my thought. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought I'm just going to have to risk it because it has to be what's best for her. You know, I, um, this is not okay. Mm. And luckily he, and I wasn't a psychologist at this point, mind you. Mm. Um, I think I was managing bottle shops or something um, and working in the alcohol industry. And I, um, and he was like, nope, nope, totally normal, totally common. Um, here's the medication. Here's the therapist. Um, let's get you started. And within a couple of days or definitely within a couple of weeks, I was, you know, getting traction and wasn't on the free spinning wheel again. And, mm. Um, yeah, it was just such a rocky, awful experience, but then also one that you now know is very common. Mm. Um, and I guess, so not just, I'm not just on here as a psychologist saying, oh, we've got to break down the stigma and, and do what's right for people. I'm here as a person saying, no, no, this is what really helped me as well in my experience. Um, around about the same time, uh, Jessica Rowe came out. 
Yep. Um, as talking about her postnatal depression, anxiety, and her story was so similar. And I cannot tell you how many times over the years I've gone back to thinking about that. And I had no interest or respect for her at the time as a, a an actress or whatever. I had no idea. I didn't care. I've never watched the news. <laughs> she, I was going to say know? she's a newsreader, not an actress. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jessica Ralph, that ever this ever gets to you. I know, I'm so sorry, but I think you're amazing. I love your little hats. <laughs> um, and just hearing her story, and just I, I, I have days now where, um, because when my four-year-old came along, everything was well managed, and I was aware of it, and saw my therapist, and stayed on the medication, and, you know, in preparation yeah, yeah. for it happening again, and and it definitely reared its head, but nothing like before. And I tell you to this day, I Google Jess Rowe when I'm feeling down or anxious about that sort of stuff. Mm. And even just to see her face and just whatever she's doing at the moment, whatever's in the popular culture, whatever, just gives me that big, oh, that's right, you're so normal and, you know, you're okay and this happens. And I just don't think we can ever underestimate the value of people sharing their story for others. Mm. Yeah, it's... um. I, I, there's a lot of value. One, some of the the biggest stuff that we get in terms of reaction is when we post sort of quotes from celebrities. And th- in fact, one of the biggest ones we ever had was Prince Harry, um, you okay. know, and him talking about mental health and 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 those sorts of things and changing the conversation around it. We always get a much better reaction when we have celebrities talk about it. And I think on the other side of that, um, you know, when when we hear about sort of celebrity deaths and things like that from suicide. You go, mm. you, you could kind of, you know, there's a part of you that sort of sits here and thinks, well, you had everything, you know, what what made you do that? But then you also sort of, I often sit back and think, well, you know, you had everything, but it still wasn't enough, you know, what needed yeah. to happen to help you. Um, That's right. You know, what needed to, you know, I, like I, I use the example with people all the time, you know, everybody at some point in their life has stood in front of a mirror with a, with a hairbrush and or a, or a tennis racket and pretended to be... You know, on stage at Madison Square Garden in front of twenty thousand people. Um, yeah. You know, we most of us have grown up wanting that dream, and you know, but the, these guys are, you know, are having that, and it's still not there. So to hear those yeah. stories, I, I think, are super powerful, and for people to be, able, and and this is the point of this podcast as well. You know, and obviously not on the same scale, but if one person hears it and goes, "Hey, if that woman can get help, I can as well." Yes. Job done. You know, job done. Yes. <laughs> That's all we want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and um, yeah. The thing I found incredible just in your story there, like, <clears throat> because so much of what we hear is, you know, go, don't be afraid to ask for help. But also there's also that, that, that thing where people are afraid to ask for help. So it's, it's quite incredible that you kind of went, no, I, I need to do something about this. I need to go and see the doctor. Yeah. And I... I had this sliding door moment in between seeing my doctor. He went away for a fishing trip. So I rang on the Thursday and said, I really need to get in. Mm. And his secretary, who was also his wife, said, oh, look, I'm so sorry. He's going for a fishing trip. I can get you Monday. Mm. Like he'd left that morning type thing. Mm. Um, Like I said, we knew them quite well. She would have got me in if she could have. And I was like, okay. And so that on the weekend, I went over to, I think, MacArthur Square, and there was a early natal sort of group group. like a, I think like a nurse, you know how you have the nurse, like uh, baby nurses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up in one of the chemist type things. Yep. 
And so I lined up because I needed to say to someone, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And I hadn't mm. got to my doctor. And, um, and it was really funny. They walked out and they said, oh, we're, we've shut now. Like, I think there was still four or five just lined up. We're, that's our cutoff. We can't see any more people today. And we made eye contact. And I'm, I must have this look of sheer desperation because mm. I seen her pause as if to say, oh, maybe except you. You better come here, type thing. <laughs> and then I just sort of um, put my head down and, and, just, and just left. Yeah. And I think, what a sliding door moment. Not that that nurse wouldn't have been amazing. Like, I'm sure she she could have been brilliant. But if she yeah. wasn't the right person to speak to about this sort of thing, like if yeah. I'd gone in and spilled my guts and she said, oh, this is a real crisis, yeah. um, I need to get, you know, I don't know, the mental health team on board. And it, it turned into this massive thing. Instead of my doctor, when I got in there Monday morning, he was like, I'm so sorry I wasn't available. You're totally normal. This is how it works, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like, that's two different reactions, you know? Mm. And I often think, oh, my goodness, imagine. And, and again, it's nothing to do with that nurse, and, and she may not have done it, but my doctor's a paediatrician, mm. so he does come up across this a lot. Mm. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I just often think, imagine speaking to the wrong person. That, that's, that's frightening. That is frightening for me. Yeah, and, and actually, it's <laughs> so, so interestingly enough, I have so many of these conversations where people bring up things that I've been like thinking about a lot lately. And this is one of the things I think about and I say to people all the time, you know, like, um, part, so part of what How You Go Mate is, is, you know, saying to someone, how you go, mate, um, you know, not good or what's going on. It is letting people know that you are someone that you they can talk to because, yes. you know, because part of what I say to people is, is not everyone wants to hear your story. Not, not everyone That's can right. hear your story. Not everyone has the ability to, to hear your story. I'm, I'm sure you'll say that to people and they'll go... Oh, that's great. Um, how did the dragons go on the weekend? You know, like they just they, they can't engage in that conversation with you, and so it, it is so important. Well, see now you've lost me because now I'm thinking about the dragons. <laughs> well, I, I just know you support that rubbish football team, and you mentioned them earlier. <laughs> but, but um, but you know, you know what I mean, and it's that thing where somebody goes, somebody goes, and and I, and I firmly believe, you know, as you said, the sliding doors moment, or you know, you just weren't meant to speak to that woman. You had to speak yeah. to your doctor. It was just the per- the right person to talk to, and yeah. um, and and you knew he was the right person to talk to because he'd shown you over twenty odd years that he's the right person to talk to. Yes, that's true. You're right. Actually, yeah, yeah. absolutely right. I'd gone to him even with bullying at school and all sorts of what you would think of as trivial type stuff for a doctor, but you happen to be in there for one reason and you end up talking about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that's not solely just the only doctors do that. It's just as a particular person he was good at dealing with mental health yeah yeah and and yeah. so so nice to find gps that are you know yes um yes, my experience right. was very similar where she just went she was a real matter of fact about it yeah no problem at all we'll just give you this medication put you in a mental health plan Isn't that great? you'll go and see a counselor and it's just like really that's yeah. this is something we can do and she goes yeah yeah no no no, no, no yeah. dramas no problem what yeah. else what else do you need you know yeah <laughs> okay and, i love it it's just like physical well-being same same yeah, yeah. And I was real yeah. lucky. I always say to people, I was really lucky because, you know, the first medication I tried worked. Um, it settled me down. And the first counsel I saw worked. He was great. Yeah. So, you know, it was just this really, you know, amazing, nice experience where so many people have, you know, hard experiences or tough experiences or, you know, experiences where they have to go through, you know, Years and years of experimentation with, without, you know, with different medications and different people and different treatments until they find the right one. So, yeah, it's nice when it works first time. 
you there? Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's sorry, okay. I might, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I um, think my, my earpiece drops out occasionally, but you can edit that bit out. Yeah. I can edit that bit out. I'll just yeah, make a great. note that it's at 14 minutes <laughs> that we need to okay, not great. sound stupid <laughs> and unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, so, it's a bit handy. We may have a few more of those. <laughs> So was that, I mean, was it, it probably seems an obvious kind of thing and maybe it's a little too obvious, but was that experience something that drove you to kind of go, well, hey, I want to I do this. I want to I help people the way I was helped. I want to support people the way I was supported. No, 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 not, a, not an um, obvious question at all, actually. I had intended to um, do psychology out of high school um, and I didn't get the marks. I didn't get anywhere near the marks. Yeah. I spent most of year 12 drinking. And I don't say that to be cool. I say that as um, another part of what I'm going to tell you about as well. Um, and then I said, oh, that's okay. I got into a, a different, I got into diversional therapy. Yeah. I said, oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll do a first year of that and then I'll get the marks. Because I knew I was capable mm. and I'll transfer to psychology. And I never got the marks, but I finished that degree and again spent those three years partying um and so then when i found myself a single mum so phoebe's uh, my eldest daughter's and father and i separated when she was about five months old mm. and um so i found myself a single mum and i was like that's it i need to go and do something where i'm going to be paid well do something i enjoy and support this child and i mm. um and, I was, and so i went back to my original dream and the the reason I bring up about the partying and the um, you know I guess typical teenageness, although I was probably a bit excessive the most, is because I didn't realise until I was diagnosed postnatal that I probably always had anxiety, mm. but I'd always masked it with partying and being so busy and not sitting still and finding something else to do, mm. and so then and. Once I had to stop because you have a newborn mm. um, and you literally have to sit on your own for hours on end because mm. everyone else is at work or whatnot. And um, we don't have those beautiful villages that we used to have and that some cultures still have where mm-hmm. other mums and aunties and that come around and or, and even dads and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. But sit around and help, you know. Yep. Um, and so you're just sitting on your own for hours on end, which is exactly the opposite of how to always manage my anxieties. I'd go out and find people to connect with. Mm. And so then I've not only um, found myself doing something I was no good at, sitting on my own, but I also found that all my coping skills of partying and social connection have been taken away. Mm. Yeah, so I think, um, so I say that just to say it's interesting that once we got the postnatal under control and was reflecting on mental health and that, it was like, actually, I've probably always been very anxious but had managed it self-medicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but no, look, I love being a psychologist. I really do. It took me, you know, nearly 11 years to get to the registration just with um, working part-time, having kids, meeting my husband, having another child and all all the stuff that entails. But um, sometimes you do feel a bit anxious. You think, oh, am am I really the right person for this? Like, you know, because I I don't know. Like, I still go through my own battles. But then, um, luckily, as part of our registration, we need to see... Uh, senior psychologist once a month, mm-hmm. so that's more for our ca- to re- report on our cases and how we're doing. And then um, a, a lot of us do genuinely see a therapist for ourselves, yeah. and again, usually someone a lot more senior and experienced than we are. Yeah. And there's such a cliche about oh, psychologists—they're all—they're all batch. Oh, can we swear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all 
they're all batshit crazy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, you know what? Generally, there probably is a lot of us that um, do have mental well-being that we look at. Hmm. But why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you be aware of that sort of stuff? And a lot of us have had family or our own histories and that where that's what got us interested. So, of Mm. course, we're drawn to that. We're not going to be surrounded by mental well-being concerns in our own family and then think, oh, I think I'll just get into, I don't know, something very architectural, you know? Mm. It does inspire a lot of us. But, yeah, no, I think it's... um, I do think I bring a lot to the role by having that lived experience. Yeah. I I, I always say to people, you don't become a mechanic if you don't like cars. That's right. You yes. Know, you, yes. You just you you know you don't. I think it. We're drawn. Our personal experiences of this are drawn to this. And I dare say, and it, it, again, it might be an obvious connection, but I dare say that that aha moment where you were told, no, 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 this is this is perfectly normal. But this happens all the time. You mentioned in the very start that that's one of your favourite moments now for the people that you work with. Um, you know, True. it's it, again voodoo psychology. I'm <laughs> just you know ten cent psychology, but. You know that that's perhaps that's something that you know I I love those moments as well, and I think it's something that I definitely try and like you know ah oh, good, you realise now that that everything's not as bad as you think it is. You realise that you know you're not the only one that feels like this. You're not alone. You're not a freak, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think why yeah. wouldn't, why wouldn't you go searching for those moments as well? <laughs> those moments are great. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny, I've never put it together until you just did then. And I'm like, that makes so much sense because I can still feel in my heart or my soul, whatever, uh, that feeling of when, you know, Dr. Bob says, no, you're right, this happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, He's such a, he's so crashed and so down to earth. He was like, look, we're going to put you on this medication. We're going to send you treatment. He goes, because I just don't want to find you in the bush one day. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. But you know what? I can live with that. I'm, I'm okay with that sort of, you know. <laughs> Look, you, you and I have a similar, very dark sense of humour in this regard. Yeah. <laughs> so, so people are sitting there horrified. I go, they're, they're laughing about being found in. They're laughing. This, they shouldn't be laughing about that. Yes, we should. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Yes, because I've worked out in my life as well that that's my coping mechanism. I've got to mm-hmm. find the fun. I had somebody say to me, I mean, you know me. We've we've worked together, so you know what I'm like. And and I'm the guy that's always looking for the one line always looking for the funny moment and somebody asked yeah. me once and went how do you always get that how do you always do that and I'm like because I'm always looking for it and yeah. I'm always looking for it because it's and I've, and I've come to understand this is part of my coping mechanism I, it's not for everybody yeah. so I have to curtail that you know I can't try and find the funny side of you know what's going I on I really should yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I think I can get away with it I'll give it a bit of a red hot go but um, you know it's not for everyone, <laughs> so you've kind of sometimes got to go, okay, can I make a joke about this now? No? All oh, right, I'll just have to stop talking. Um, yes. Sometimes so. I, I uh, do have to apologise to my own clients because <laughs> sometimes I, I, things come out, um, and I've, I've taken it to my supervisor, and she's just, she says, well, you know, I mean, and, and, I, and I'm very lucky. I have a very full caseload. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel comfortable because I have a lot of return. Yeah. Um, clients, but yeah, she's like, I think your clients come to you for a reason. <laughs> Just be mindful. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they probably look at the assignments and they go like, yep, this one's a Michelle one. <laughs> this is a Michelle one. <laughs> this person's going to work well with her. 
and, and exactly. You, but, you know, this is the thing, and I, I think it's so important. I've spoken to a few people about this. It's so important that you get, like like I said, I had the right counsellor. Now, he spoke to me like I speak, and he used the language that I use. And he yes. and and you know you you know yourself a good counsellor has that ability to kind of you know mirror the person to a certain extent. Yes, absolutely. And he did that for me. And 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 I had a, a friend at the time that went and saw him who had a very different experience of him. Um, still a good experience, but just was like, oh no, he does this and this and this for me, and this is how he talks. And I was like, okay. And again, I didn't realise at the time. I've worked out subsequently that you know that. He just he knew okay. Here's where you're at, and here's how I need to approach you. And and you know, as you say, your your guys will come back to you because they probably they probably go like, oh, I really like her. <laughs> you know, she's funny. Yeah. And you know, I'm always very um, I'm very aware that not every person, and this comes ties back in, I guess, to the whole who do you ask for help. Mm. Um, I'm very aware that. I'm not for everybody, but I don't think any therapist or counsellor or um, even doctor or nurse is for everybody. And I know often we don't have employees, we just have to um, go with who's rostered on at the time. Yeah, yeah. But um, I do, I'm very, very adamant with my clients when I'm during our first session. I'm like, I believe in therapy and I'm very um, experienced in therapy, but you are most experienced in you. So if you don't find that my style of therapy or our connection is working, let me know because I can do different modes or let me know if you think that you want to try someone else because I'm very connected in the therapy world. You know, I said, it's not, there's no insult. There's no ego in therapy. Mm. Um, and if and if you have any therapist tell you that they're the only one that can help you or, or they know better than someone else, you need to run away as fast as you can and never get back. Mm. Like you need to always trust that you know yourself better than any health professional. Do you, do you think it comes down to that thing as well? Like, you know, if the medication doesn't work, you change your medication. If the counsellor doesn't work, you change the counsellor. And I think, again, so many people go to a counsellor and go, oh, that didn't work, that's bullshit. I'm not doing that again. I know. Yeah. That breaks my heart. I'd yeah. much rather they come and said, I'm just not connecting. I don't think you understand me. And I would be like, well, we could try this or this. Like, I would always want to offer alternatives yeah. to myself first, yeah. um, you know, to the modes. And then if they said, um, you know, oh, I just, I'm just not feeling it. And not everyone's confident, and I get that. But even if they just didn't, if they just cancelled, but then kept yeah. finding someone else, I would much prefer that. Yeah. And I think some of it's just the, as you say, the, sort of their base personality, like they don't have the confidence to speak up. And I, yeah. and I suspect some of it's probably people walking in going, nah, counselling is bullshit. You know, they've decided counselling is bullshit from the start. And so yeah. the fact that they walk in and go, you know, They've, yes. they've already got that in their mind, so yes. you, nothing you do is going to stop it. And then they go, "No, nah, it didn't work." Or the other thing is, as well, I think um, you know, it's like the uh, like the the social media thing. You go, you know, ate a salad today, still haven't, still fat. This is bullshit. You know, went yes. to a, went to a counselor, <laughs> still crazy. This is bullshit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and my favorite my favorite thing to that is you know, um, feeling sad is hard. Uh, doing the homework I set you is hard. Pick your heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gold. Yeah. Oh, I would have stole that from somewhere. Don't don't do credit that to me. Oh, I'm I'm totally stealing it from you. Oh no, I'll credit you with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you just got to pick your heart. And and I would have read that somewhere. But I've just yeah, and and because there is no miracle cure, you've got to work at it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then and, and that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Like I think um we want things to happen right now. You know, we want it to happen. We're so particularly in today's world, we're so used to instantaneous everything. You know, instant yeah. gratification, and and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um. And and you know, I I sort of take that um take the Alcoholics Anonymous approach to this a little bit as well, where you know, the alcoholics don't worry about being sober for life they worry about being sober for today and they do what they yes. need to do today so you know you just yes. do what you need to do right now to to, to work on your mental health and and yeah. you know keep going when and today that might just that may me just being sad or just being anxious and you'll pick up the homework again tomorrow and that's okay yeah so in terms of that outside of um you know sort of counseling medication what else did you do what else do you do to manage your mental health? Oh, oh, you know what? I strip it right back to the basics. So it's self-care. And when I say self-care, it's got nothing to do with bubble bars and day spas. And, and look, they're lovely. They really are. Yep. But you spend, I know in my experience, you spend half your time thinking of all the other stuff you need to be doing rather than lying down for three hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, self-care, and this is what I, I would really love people to understand, self-care is sleep. And using my clients will say, oh, yeah, what's that? So sleep, nutrition, exercise, and um, paying bills. And that sounds really like a random thing. But when you think about it, how stressed and anxious you feel when your bills and all that aren't lining up mm-hmm. and organized, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you get in the right sleep or at the very least working towards it, because we all know that that's easier said than done, but mm-hmm. that might be going for sleep studies, um, speaking to your doctor about medication or assistance to get some of that sorted. Mm. Uh, it, it could just be um, melatonin, you're short on melatonin. But basically, if you're not getting your sleep, have a look at why. Mm. Um, it may be that you've got young kids, so maybe you need to start speaking to your partner about swapping alternate nights that they get up or your, your mum might need to come once a week to, to spend the night. Do you know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to prioritise sleep. Um, sleep, nutrition, sugar is our, our worst enemy. It certainly has been mine this, uh, lockdown, last lockdown, I come out great, beautiful, like a little butterfly. Look at me go, this one, I'm definitely the slug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, you know, it's very addictive. We all know that. So anything overly sugar, overly fatty, blah, blah, blah. We know nutrition, but the more that we are eating our greens, eating our plants, eating our veggies, eating the fruits, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't care what diet you do, but just staying away from processed stuff, it's well researched that it's linked to poor mental health. So we can't be sitting there mm. wondering why we're always sad, but always also shoving processed junk down our throats, you know, yeah. all the time. The other thing I started doing a, a little while back in, in relation to that was started taking a probiotic um, yeah. just to look yeah. after my gut health because of that, that, that strong connection. Like my diet's not the best. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I'm amazing, but oh, me um, either. I'm just saying these are what help. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that, that, that's really strange to say really strong link to gut health and, and mental yes. health. Um, yes. and I, and it, and it, there was a few other things that happened at the same time. I think it was a combination of a few things I was doing, but really changed, really helped me. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, made absolutely. A difference. And they're saying now the research is coming out about the gut and mental health is fascinating. A lot about it being our mental health brain, our mental well-being brain, yep, yep. all the bits and pieces that are kept down there and um, that they've even found a reason now for our, um, 
What's that thing that they always cut out when they think that, because they think the appendix? Yep. Like apparently there's a lot of stuff down there that gets stored. And anyway, so yeah. um, sleep, nutrition, exercise, and that's just an obvious one. It gets your endorphins going. It helps to sleep better. It gets your blood flowing, which helps clean out your lymphatic system, all the sluggishness. Yep. Uh, and, and again, it doesn't matter if you're just walking around the block, walking up and down the street once. You don't have to be running marathons. That's crazy. That hurts your body. Mm. Just do enough to sort of get your heart rate going, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the fourth one is, yeah, I, I just say pain bills, but basically um, doing the stuff you need to do that has to be done to get that little bit of stress off your plate mm. um, instead of, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll pay it next week, I'll do this. And Again, easier said than done, but we're picking our heart, right? Mm. So if this week it means that we don't get to go out and do some of the fun things because we've got um, car rego coming up, well, then so be it. It means that next week we don't have the stress of the car rego and not being able to do the fun things. Mm. Yeah, and, and as you say that, I always also sort of think about um, somebody get, talked to me a while back about instant win tasks. So the things yes. that you can do that are immediate that are going to make you feel better. So yes. that feel, I, I'm certainly, I can understand the feeling of relief when you've got a bill paid. Yes. You go, oh, that's off my back. That's good. Okay. What do I do yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's sort of that instant feeling of just release and relief and getting it out of the way is, yeah. Really, yeah. Really. And it's not always possible, and it may mean that you want to speak to um, people that have got financial knowledge. It may mean, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, it's very easy for her to say she's working, you know, as a psychologist, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't mean pay your bills or, you know, suffer the consequences. I mean, do the things that, you, that you've been putting off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I'll give you another a different example. It's still money-related to a certain extent, but... Um, the early stages of the pandemic when our organization stood stood us down for a while because they had to shut down for a while um and you know for me it was there was a couple of fairly big bills that kind of came out every week that i needed to kind of go well i'm not going to pay those for all now now fortunately i had the knowledge that um that there was you know hardship allowances i could have a three-month reprieve kind of thing and making that phone call it was a half an hour phone call you know really simple but once I made it, got and both of the companies I spoke to were fantastic. Yep, no problem, madam. No problem at all. We can do that yeah. for you. You'll be, you know, you'll have this. You'll have until middle of November. You know, one of them was like, yeah, we're just going to add three months to the term of your loan. The other one was like, oh, we just have to increase your and like they increased my repayments by like four dollars a week, which was beautiful, fantastic, or two dollars a week actually. Um, but so you know, but once that was done again and i spoke before about doing several things at the time that was that sense of relief was just like yes okay that's done yes you've explained it better you're right it's so it's not even that's right it's not even about the privilege of oh i've paid all my bills it's like or at least organizing come up with a payment plan like Hmm. but whatever you're putting off well whatever you're putting it off you're stressing Mm. So talk to someone, get it sorted, get it organised. Just say, look, I, I physically can't do it or I financially can't do it. Who can help me? What can we sort it? And that doesn't necessarily mean borrowing 80 bucks from a friend. Like you say, it's ringing the company. Can I put this off for a week? Can I um, pay this off in smaller increments? It's, it's yeah, it's just getting organised, you know? Yeah. I think we've come to the, to the core of this somewhere in there, which is like do the things that you need to do 
and yeah. don't put off the things that you're putting off. Do the things that you're putting off because they will stress you. And that, that's, that's, yes. There you go. Look at that. We're just having realizations here. Just realizations. Just moments. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and that's self care. But that's what I think is self care. I don't think it's laying on a, a a day bed covered in clay with some weird tropical music playing. <laughs> but again, if you like that, that's your thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think if you strip it right down, it's sleep, diet, it, good nutrition. I don't care if you're adding trees, but having your good nutrition. Yeah. yeah. A bit of exercise and 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 doing the, the things that are you're responsible for. I think that if you're doing that stuff already, you're feeling so much more in control of your own life. Yeah. So much of the stress is 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 gone. So yeah, that's they're my. When I'm feeling really overwhelmed and and miserable, I I usually look at that stuff and usually at least two of those things are out of whack. Okay. There you go. People can take that away with them. We've talked about mental health. What when I say the word mental health to you. What do you what how, when you describe it to someone or define it for somebody? What do you how do you describe it? What does it mean uh, to you? I don't know why, but for some reason I always, I always love mental well being, and I always just go straight. And I know it's just um, being pedantic on words, yeah. But I think that it's um because I I'm desperately always trying to compare it to physical well being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's in a fluctuating state. Like people mm-hmm. aren't always physically well, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Nobody blinks an eyelid at that. Mm-hmm. And people aren't always mentally well, and yet that goes, oh, how come? Like, do you know? Yeah. Why would you not be mentally well? Yeah. How could you possibly always be mentally well unless you are a robot? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do I think about? I guess I just think it's just a. Yeah, it's just a fluid state where sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down and sometimes it's um, just peaceful. Yeah. It just is. It's just boring or, or all the other different bits and pieces. Yeah. 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 I, uh, again, you speak in our language because that's exactly how I look at it as well. Um, you know, it is – somebody asked me a, a while back, you know, what is mental health to you? And I mean, it's just how you feel at any given point in time. Yeah, and um, and I love the word well-being as well, and I don't think I, like I, I see where you're saying about the pedanticness of it, but I think it's really important to change that language, you know, because when you, for me, I think when when you say the words mental health, people go because we we have mental health services and you know we have mental health facilities, you know, so there's yep. still it's the same as the word diet. There's a real negative, you know, you've got to go on a diet. There's a negative connotation to that. Whereas if you just went, no, no, look, anything you eat is your diet and your mental health is just your mental yes. health. You have it all the time. Um, yes. You know, it's not about going on a diet. It's about changing your diet. And it's not about, it's about looking after you. And I love the word well-being as well. We use it all the time. We I use yeah, it much right. more in terms of thinking because it is just about looking after your well-being. And I always use the example, um, you get it because you're a footy head and I know that you'll understand this. Quite a few years ago when Kieran Foran was playing for Parramatta, and he went to the Parramatta Eels and said, I need to take six weeks off to look after my mental health, you know. Um, now, I shared that on Facebook and it created a bit of a storm. But if Kieran Foran goes to Parramatta and says, my shoulder's busted, I need six weeks off, no one blinks an eye because that's what's supposed to happen. But if he goes in and says, I need six weeks off because I need to go and get my head straight, we all kind of wait. It's, it's a different focus where it should be the same conversation. Yes, you know? yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You know, if you're walking with a limp, someone says, what'd you do? You go, oh, you know, just jarred my knee a little bit. Oh, geez, that's no good. You know, 
if you if you come in as you say you've got that look in your eye what's going on with you you know yeah my wife's left me or my dog's died or whatever um it's the same conversation hey you know absolutely yeah yeah and uh, yeah i like that i like that um i like that perspective on it i think it's really cool and and i think if we and it's similar to disabilities if we can change the language you can change people's perceptions of it and attitudes towards it yeah yes a hundred percent and and i'm and i'm excited to be part of that and i look forward to the day where um and i'm sure um with your girls and i know my girls that Mm. because it's so the norm in our household where we're having conversations like Mm -hmm. it's not a case of like you know if they if when they've been younger, like my oldest one, she was younger and pointed at someone saying, wheelchair, so what's going on? They said, ah, well, they might have a story to tell. And, you know, depending on the situation, we might ask them or we might explain that. But it's never something that you shun or you're not sure what to say or, you know, mm-hmm. it's just another part of life, isn't it? I had, I had a conversation with my seven-year-old about dopamine the other day <laughs> and why, <laughs> why, why she can't put her iPad down. <laughs> <laughs> And I said to her, I go, you know, how you, you know how it kind of makes you feel good when you're playing your games? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, that's, that's kind of what's happening. And then that, that, <laughs> that chemical tells your body to keep doing that because it feels good. She goes, well, oh, our poor children. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, it's like they're not going to be able to get away with anything. Dad, I'm, stop diagnosing me, Dad. I know. I keep telling people my, my girls are going to make some therapist very rich one day. <laughs> <laughs> And then what did mummy do to you? Oh, then, and then she tried to counsel me. I can't believe oh, no. she tried to help me. Oh, no. <laughs> then she gave oh. me self-care strategies. She told me to sleep more. It's terrible. So we, we, we do have a bit of a time frame, but before we, and we're, we're at about 40 minutes, so we've done pretty well. That's okay. I know we've got to kind of get out of here. You've got to be somewhere soon. But before I let you go, you've, you've given me your sort of your four things. But for you personally now, what's your go-to in terms of looking after your mental health? What's the thing that you, like if you've had it, if you're feeling shit or you've had a moment, what's the thing that you do? Um, exercise with a friend. Okay. So paddleboarding is my ultimate. If I can go out paddleboarding for an yep. hour or so, yep. that's got the ocean and usually a friend because I like someone that's a bit slower in case sharks come. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit of thinning out the herd, is it? That what we're talking that's about? Right. That's right. <laughs> Remove the labels and uh, Darwinism will take effect. <laughs> <laughs> take him he's bigger than me take him he's got a bit more of a meal <laughs> actually you, you know you know the um you know the thing that i know about sharks i always say this whenever anyone mentions sharks um sharks don't like the taste of humans right they, they genuinely this is not a there's no punchline here it's not a joke apparently sharks don't like the taste of warm blood and so, so, but what are you saying? I offer up my foot, and then they'll know not to eat the rest of me. Well, like... that, well, that's the thing. So they they almost always apparently bite in, taste the warm blood, and kind of go there and and spit you out, and and that's when you have that opportunity to fight the shark off and get away. Um, okay. But the problem is you've been bitten by a shark, and so, <laughs> so you you might you might have did, they might have just bit you a little bit on the leg and that's not too bad and you can survive or you you know you might have they might have taken a chunk out of your side, but that that is apparently a genuine fact. They don't like the taste of warm blood, so they see us. They think that we're seals or something like that. They bite into us, 
um, they go, oh, that tastes terrible, spit us out, and that's our chance to get away from them. And they, um, But, yeah, the problem is you've been bitten by a shark. Yeah, I'll just keep swimming with... I'll just get paddleboarding with my slow friend. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe just test, t- test the, um, the warmth of their bud if they're a little bit more cold-blooded. They're the ones <laughs> to go with because the shark's going to like them and be attracted to them. Oh, yes. That's I like nice. that. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. Oh, well, my friend, I, look, I love having conversations like this because I, I, I love when people give me new things and I, and I love that quote, you know, um, and I think it's a, probably a really good one to finish on, you know, being sad's hard, doing the work is hard. You just use your heart and pick which one yep. you want to do. I really love that. I think that's really cool. That's awesome. Good. Thank you. And I love the work you're doing, so thank you. Oh, look, we just, yeah, we, we you know, Moments like this motivate me to keep doing it because there's times where you go, oh, man, does anyone care? Is anyone listening? <laughs> we care. <laughs> no. Yes, we do. That's always positive. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Adam. Hi, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, Before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favours? Number one, uh, we would very much, as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And of course, please share this podcast. Um, The reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about. And of course, the sharing helps us to get our message out there. We don't have any money, so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message. Uh, equally, if you listen to this podcast, now we do a warning at the start, but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you loves mental health or well-being, please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, if you do feel like you are need to talk to somebody, Uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP. Or, of course, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978. Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or, of course, the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O. Uh, but at the very least, please um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions. And please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions. And again, if something you've heard today triggers for you, please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition, whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.